Welcome to Women Beyond Faith, where we are finding freedom on the other side, one story at a time. For women who have walked away from faith, the challenges are often overwhelming, isolated, abandoned by family, misunderstood by partners, ostracized by friends, shamed for thinking critically, cursed for speaking out, subdued by the patriarchy. Thank you for joining us today as we provide a platform for women to speak up, to speak out, and to share their stories because their stories count. Their stories matter. So it's Leah. And today I've got a few women local women from my community here in Cincinnati who are giving a little reflection on life during the pandemic here, spring slash summer 2020. So enjoy. Hope you all are staying safe and um, holding your loved ones a little bit tighter. And um, Keeping your chins up. Peace. Hi, my name is Kelly Milton. I live in Cincinnati, Ohio, originally from Northern California. And I wanted to tell you how I am surviving the pandemic. <laughs> um, I was raised in church and then was a pastor and into my early adult life. And just walked away from faith about um, seven years ago. And I think what's so interesting is when I did walk away from faith, I had a lot of questions from my family about where my hope would come from and how I would find hope. And it's very interesting thinking about that in the context of something like this, where uh, the pandemic and just basically being locked in our houses and in, in a certain way, to a certain degree, um, how hard that can be and how um, these are those moments where you need to kind of access hope. And I think that for so long in my faith life, you sort of will yourself with prayer and with um, just leaning on what you know or the Bible or your Bible study group or your, you know, your church community so you lean there when you're having moments like this where you feel stuck or, you know, like there's no escape to these moments. Um, and I remember feeling that on the days where I couldn't, quote unquote, feel God or um, where the worship music just wasn't working or nothing in the Bible was standing out to me, that the sort of depths of despair that that would bring um, because I felt abandoned in those moments. So I think that thinking about how I'm handling the pandemic now on the other side of faith and how I'm handling sort of the loneliness of it and the trapped element of it and being an extrovert and missing people, all of those things, I think there's a there's a feeling that I can access in it all 
where I feel like, you know, we're all going through this. So it's sort of a common humanity element of it all. And then there's not this hollow point where I run out of faith or where I'm not feeling it and I'm not feeling sort of supported by God or something like that, that, that is, there's a relief in that for me, that it's like, I'm not, there is no outside force that's coming to save me from this feeling. There's only um, how I can access hope inside of myself or take care of myself. So that almost gives me permission to take care of myself because I'm not waiting on a savior for it. So there's an aspect of that that makes me feel really um, strong and makes me feel really, to some degree, in in control of my own contentment. Um, I want to say all the great things that I'm doing, I'm meditating every day and I'm journaling every day and I'm going on brisk walks in the sunshine and, you know, taking in the beauty of nature. And some days that's true. Some days that's really true. And those are the things that get me through. But some days the act of getting through is the getting through. Uh, if you know what I mean, I, and I, I don't know if I'm being clear enough about it, but Some days it's just the one foot in front of the other. It's just the fact that the next moment happens that keeps me existing, that I know that the day is going to happen. The day is going to go by and this time is going to go by. It's not boundless because time is not boundless. So some days that's it. That's all that gets me through. And I'm not necessarily thriving in it on those days. I'm I'm just existing in it. And just existing feels like enough. And uh, I think that's the thing that I, I feel the most in this is that I get asked a lot by people about how I'm getting through and how I'm holding up and what are the things that we're doing for ourselves. And of course, there's days where I feel the energy for that. I feel like I want to go outside and do yoga. And I do. And then there's days where I feel incapable of that. And I feel incapable of anything, which then I have to fight not to feel shame about that uh, feeling incapable for no reason, you know. Um, So I think so much of me wants to say the really good things, but then there's another part of me that just whether or not this makes it to to a wider audience just wants to be honest that there's days where I'm lacking hope and I'm lacking um, faith in myself and uh, lacking the ability to have perspective on my choices and on my life. And I'm my brain is looking to escape by any means possible because I'm drowning in discontent. And those days, the only thing that's getting me through is just existing and knowing that I'm going to exist tomorrow and um, the world is turning and the knowledge that I there's no feeling that I'm having that's unique um that that lots of people in the world are feeling this way at this moment in time and so all I can do on those days is try to be kind to myself which feels like a herculean task on some days and um I'm not always kind to myself and so then I just have to try again the next day Um, so I just, I think I want to give that honest perspective that it's like, there's days that are great and that I'm getting through just fine. 
ultimately through it all, I feel, I feel relieved not to be let down by God in, in a way. So I think that's one of the things that I'm, it's not on the table and, and that is helpful for me. Um, but yeah, so I guess that's all for me here sitting in my, uh, sitting in my office, trying to work up the energy to do the next thing for today. So anyways, happy, happy quarantine day, 593. And thanks for letting me be part of this. My name is Jillian and I live in Cincinnati, Ohio, but I am from California. I am grateful today for long walks with my dog, Monster. I am grateful that I have a loving community that I can count on and that I'm able to care for. I am checking in on or connecting with family back home and staying connected with old friends and new friends, classmates because I'm in nursing school, and um, strangers more so than ever when I'm outside walking with my dog monster. We say hello more to strangers and neighbors, and that's been really pleasant. What I am struggling most with during the pandemic is perhaps simply that other people are struggling and really trying to not have compassion fatigue and to not get too far down and to practice self-care in order to stay upbeat and sustain my connections with others. What I'm doing for my mental health, I am really active in therapy, so I check in with my therapist once a month, or sorry, once a week, and I stay connected with the people I care about, and I go outside with monsters as much as possible, so those are the most important. I get outside often, as I mentioned, we go for long walks and try to stay outside an hour or two a day, more when the weather is nice. How I am creating and cultivating beauty in my world is by trying to really grow self-care and self-compassion more so than, than I think I ever have in the past to ensure that I'm sustaining the relationships in my life and growing them in the way that I really want to so that they have meaning and, and doing that intentionally and lovingly of myself and others and by watching how gracefully those I care about are navigating this difficult time. Thank you. So my name is Dara and I live in a little rural town in Ohio and this is what quarantine is looking like for me right now. Time means nothing anymore. It's funny because when this all started 
I was one of the first people to go to my bosses and say, we need a plan. What's the plan? Do they know that designers here don't have laptops? How are we going to work from home? And I think I sounded like a big alarmist. It was about a week later that we all had to pack up to work from home. And the first three days of working from home were pretty nice, actually. I mean, it was a change of pace. I could get up, go straight to my computer with a cup of coffee and start working. And then I could get dressed for my teleconferences and get the kids up. I have a two and a four-year-old. I could take breaks throughout the day, play with them, make them snacks. My husband, who works nights, was able to sleep in. So we both started getting a little more sleep. Plus, I didn't have half-hour commute. Uh, midway through my first week working from home, I started to realize that I was sick, though. I was losing weight, and I didn't know why. I started to get really weak. Uh, the fatigue was terrible. I don't know if it was coronavirus. I still haven't been able to get an antibody test to find out. Um... I think the strangest thing was that all said and done, uh, I lost 14 pounds and the most work I've ever missed actually driving into work. Sorry, that's my cat, if you can hear that. Um, I've only ever missed three days of work for a cold or something and working from home, I managed to miss five and a half days. So it was strange to me once I got back to work downstairs in my house that, um, I wasn't understanding what everyone else was talking about. Everyone was explaining this like it was Groundhog's Day, which I don't know if that was in a headline while I was sick because many people were saying it to me. People that I worked with, friends outside of work, acquaintances. I was actually doing okay. I didn't have anywhere that I needed to be and I was enjoying the extra time with my kids and my husband. You know, I typically don't see him most work days because he leaves for work about when I would normally get home. So it was definitely a good change of pace for us. The next week, though, I started to understand, you know, that two weeks that I had missed being sick, that hole in my perception of the event, um, it, it now felt like everyone was saying. It was the same thing every day just the inside of my house, day after day after day, maybe my backyard. It was wearing on me a little bit. And then I got a shock. Um, I found out on a vacation day, some kind of vacation, that I was furloughed. At first, I panicked. Uh, I hadn't been keeping up the news that well and didn't realize that there was a stimulus. After battling with unemployment for a week um, and getting some bad instructions... I finally started receiving my unemployment and my stimulus. It was actually quite impressive. Um, and it's strange, uh, the emotional roller coaster, because when I first realized what stimulus I was getting, I thought, man, this is going to be like a paid vacation for four months. Um, turns out it's not really a vacation. It's not really a vacation when you can't visit anyone that you want to see or go anywhere that you want to go. Uh, I have managed to get a lot of house projects 
accomplished or at least underway, which is very interesting because these these projects are things that were burdening me. They were things that I would come home from work, feel exhausted and think, I sure wish I could get to blah, blah, blah. And now I think they have become a source of energy and even entertainment and progress in my life um, since I don't have work anymore. And I actually feel grateful for having so much work to do because there are a lot of people out there that are actually really bored right now and can't figure out what to do. And I think it's causing a lot of depression. So, you know, I'm working on my projects and even though it does feel like Groundhog's Day, I'm reading more to my children, having more quality time, eating with them more, seeing my husband more, and really focusing on spending time outside on the weekends and working on a garden, which has been fantastic. I had gotten back into the idea of, I don't know what everyone is talking about. This isn't so bad. Um, And then I found out (laughs) that my grandmother, who suffers from dementia, is in hospice. It's in-home hospice, but it's hospice. I think it's interesting the way that we um, get in denial about things sometimes. More frequently, um, this year, my grandpa's had to call me to talk to her because she thinks that my four-year-old is running around in her street and um, being influenced by older boys to do bad things. And I have to tell her that he's here with me. Sometimes she thinks he's in her bed napping and she can't go to sleep. And I tell her that I've picked him up and that he's home with me and that he's safe. And then she thinks that I'm my mom and thinks that we're talking about me instead of my daughter. And I know that she's been getting sicker, but I I didn't want... I. I talked to her and I, I told her that we were going to do a redo of Easter this summer and everyone would be there and we would give the kids their gifts and she would get to meet her great-grandson, my brother's child, for the first time. And now those feel like lies. Um, but now I get it because now I have somewhere to be. I have somewhere to be, and now, now quarantine feels like a trap. And I know that there are people out there that are hurting way more than I am. But sometimes I don't want to be grateful anymore. Sometimes I just want to be angry. It's not fair. And my mom, she works in a nursing home. And my aunt, she works in a doctor's office. And my brother and his wife are in the susceptible group. With as much information as we had about this, if I was even sick, I might even still be contagious. And so, 
I'm staying home. But there is a bright side, I think. I think we're learning a lot about each other. And we're learning more what we want out of life. And the economy may not be doing well, but we will come out of this and hopefully have learned something. And do better. And not forget that really bad things can happen. Because I think many of us we live in a bubble. We live in a bubble of safety and security. But I am grateful most days. I am grateful because I have a wonderful family and I have a nice home. And at least for now, I have a good job and I have health care and lots and lots of food. And I think, I think we learn not to take those things for granted. Sorry, this was so somber. Like I said, I was extremely optimistic about my situation. I mean, there's always uncertainty. And it may not end up the way we want it to with work or finances but we can be optimistic that we'll be okay, that we'll be safe, that we'll be secure. But when it comes down to life and death, <laughs> I'm sorry for my mom because she's alone right now. But I'm also happy that she has her faith because certain things for people with faith are not final at all. But I think for those people, they also don't feel the urgency. They don't feel the urgency like I do. Thanks for joining us today on Women Beyond Faith, where we are finding freedom on the other side one story at a time.